17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Winning Drop Podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita Show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And Cordell, Ravens win kind of ugly, not not extremely ugly, but, you know, a win is a win, as you, you know, many would say. Um, Ravens beat the Cardinals 31 to 24. And you and I talked about how pesky the Cardinals can be and how they just kind of hang around. Um, And they're not necessarily a good team, but I do think that they're a well-coached team that just doesn't have the talent um, at this point. So they did essentially what I think you and I thought that they would do, which was not get blown out. Um, Even at times when it felt like that the Ravens were going to run away with it, they would just get pesky and find a way to score. You know what I mean? So um, at the end of the day, a win is a win. And um, this is the time of year that you're going to have games like this when you're playing lesser opponents and people are going to assume that you are going to win those games handily. And this is the National Football League. It just doesn't work that way. So at the end of the day, the Ravens coming out with that win, albeit not covering because of that uh, fumble, uh, from Nelson Aguilar doesn't matter they still win by a touchdown yeah they get the win um this this Cardinals team is there I mean it's not a good team but it is a scrappy team um mm-hmm. they are tough to to put away and it's a blowout that said I mean Mark Andrews felt he said in his post game presser he, he thought that they were going to blow them out he felt like they should have um, blown them out, and they probably, I mean, based off the way that they were playing today, no, they shouldn't have blown them out. Nope. Um, but if you look at the matchups, it probably would have been. I mean, I think both of our predictions were blowouts, I know mine was. Um, and that didn't turn out to be the case, but we both said that we wouldn't be shocked if this turned out to be one of those uh scrappy games to where it is a one possession game at the end of the day and the the Cardinals really played to the end of the game um offensively for the Ravens I just thought they were trying to blow them out in the first half that's what it looked like I mean they're throwing the ball all over the field and the run game is completely non-existent for the most part um I think that they were out there Lamar said it in the post game that they a lot of the times they had long developing routes where the Cardinals are just rushing for. They're looking for heavy hitters. That's what the Ravens thought that they were going to come out there and kind of just hit them with some big plays, get up on them early, and, and, it's, and it's over by halftime. But that's not the way that they really beat the Lions. They got their chunk plays, but it wasn't by forcing the chunk play. You know, I, I think they allowed it to happen more organically a lot of things happened um when the first play broke down so a lot of that came off the scramble drill and stuff and them just kind of freelancing out there a little bit but I just it it just based off what I saw and combined with some of the things that were said post game it, it does sound like that they were trying to hit on big plays early hoping to get up and eventually blow this team out but Lamar said it they're a better team 
when they're balanced. And last week they were balanced against the Lions. This week in the first half, not so much. Second half, totally different story. They're back running the ball. Gus Edwards, who was really good, I thought, in the first half, just not getting as many opportunities as he should have. Second half, that changed dramatically, and they just really wore the Cardinals down. Mm -hmm. I agree. I definitely felt like um, they weren't balanced in the first half. And then in the second half, they tried to come back to the run game and commit to it. And and you saw, you know, Gus kind of churning away, churning away, churning away. So, you know, he ends up with um, 19 carries, 80 yards, three touchdowns on the day and averages over four yards a carry. I mean, Gus is a big – the run game period, Cordell, is a big part of what they do. And so – I understand that, you know, at times you're you're going to try to play um, this defense that struggles in pass defense. I think we talked about this on the last podcast, that they're like 26th ranked pass defense. So I understand that you're trying to test the waters and see what you can get away with. But ultimately, I think in doing that and, and getting away, away from what it is that you're best at, which is running the football, it doesn't help. And I'm glad that the adjustments were made in the second half where he had an opportunity to say, okay, we really haven't been running the ball like that. So let's start getting that back up. Um, and that's kind of how that worked. So I definitely agree that um, they became more balanced as far as Lamar. I mean, you know, completed 67% of his passes, um, you know, 18 completions uh, for at 27 attempts, you know, with a touchdown didn't have a like, Great day. His QBR is not that great, but efficient enough. Even though some there was a couple of overthrows, just some couple of things. I think trying to force feed it to Odell kind of felt like they were just trying too hard as opposed to getting it to somebody that was open per se. Um, but ultimately it didn't affect um them winning this football game, luckily for them, because they were playing a lesser opponent, basically. Yeah, I mean and I'm, I'll touch on the Odell stuff in a second, but specifically okay. with Lamar. Um, yeah, I, I didn't, it wasn't a great day for him. I didn't think it was a terrible game for Lamar, but just wasn't a great day. I just, you know, just, it got, they got the win. They got the win. I thought, I thought Lamar was, what, what's the word I'm looking for? They, I just, I just thought he just seemed dry today. You know, yeah, it just not and I, just, it was body language too, Cordell. Let me say because I um am here and I went to the game and I sat literally behind him. Um, and mm-hmm. his body language was just very meh all yeah. day. You That's, know, I mean, just it, I don't know if that was out of frustration or just out of like, oh, you know, you come in and and it's a lesser opponent and you just automatically mm-hmm. assume that you're gonna go and do some business and then it doesn't work that way. But it definitely felt like to your point, that his body language was um, just, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> For lack of better term. Man, was kind of the way I would describe his day, the offense's day, outside of Gus. Um, nobody else offensively really did that, you know, had had that big of a game. Mark Andrews had the touchdown, but it almost felt like after that touchdown, you didn't hear much more from Mark Andrews in the game. I mean, Zay Flowers didn't really do much in this game. Uh, what, five catches, 19 yards. I mean, that he's not really going anywhere. Justice Hill, I thought, was really good for them out of the backfield. But specifically just with Lamar, I just 
I, I just felt like he was just going through the motions. Um, mm -hmm. it, it just didn't really seem to have any sense of urgency um, in the pocket. I, I mean, didn't really use his legs at all in this game. They're rushing four. They're blanking in the field. Yeah, all that was weird. I just, I just didn't understand him sitting back there. He was sacked four times. Yep. Sacked four times. Yep. Even when he did take off, I just didn't see the explosiveness. I'm watching guys run and, and kind of hawk Lamar down. He's getting one yard gains on scrambles. How often yep. does that happen? It just, it just didn't seem like he was into the game for me. Just the way that he normally plays. He, he just seems like he plays with more energy than he did in this one. Um, in terms of Odell, because I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter during the game about Odell, it looks like a lot of people are just washing their hands of Odell already. I'm not to that point. Uh, yeah, I'm not I, there yet, but I'm, I'm not I'm not going to also say that I'm not teetering a line oh. of getting to that point, but I'm not there as of yet because there's still a whole nother half a season to go. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. I would say I need more Bateman and less Odell right now. I'll say I'll say that um, because Rashad Bateman only two catches on the two targets and that play he made early in the game to save Lamar from throwing that pick. That that was that was big time. That was big time to come back and help his quarterback. Absolutely. Like um, and then they get him on a sweet play late in the game. You get to see his burst up the sideline. I, I just like what I'm seeing from Rashad, ba Rashad Bateman right now in a small sample size. He's not getting many opportunities, but it just seems like when he does, he is capitalizing on them as opposed to the way it looked in that Pittsburgh game. Mm -hmm. um, Odell, it just, just doesn't seem to be there. And you mentioned how it felt like they were kind of force feeding him the ball. It did feel that way to a degree a, a couple of times. Um, it's great that he's, forcing those pass interferences. I don't want to overlook that. You you force a pass interference in the end zone, that puts the ball at the one-yard line. I mean, that that that's a big-time help to your offense for sure, for especially sure. in a game like this where they only win by seven. So I don't want to discount that. But it looks like, and you can see it on the TV, if you ask Odell, he could care less about forcing that pass interference. He wanted to catch the ball. He, he wanted the ball. Yeah, yes. He wants opportunities. And you're seeing the frustration ball over. He's, you know, slamming his helmet on the sideline after forcing that pass interference that put the offense at the one yard line. I thought he should have caught that ball too, to be honest with you. It went right through his hands, but I'm not in his position to where I got a guy draped over me, pulling my arm and, you know, trying to make a catch in that moment. So, I'm, I'm not going to beat him up too bad for it, but he's not getting any separation. He's not really, you know, he he's not making any plays right now. He's, it's great that he's forcing the penalties. You'll take that. But I, like I said, I, I don't, I'm not done with him. I'm not saying that they need to take him off the field, but I would rather, I probably would like to see more from Rashad Bateman right now that I'm, that I'm seeing from Odell Beckham. Yeah, and the thing is, too, Cordell, is like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, people, oh, I'm done with Fashar Bateman or whatever. And mm -hmm. he's had some good, you know, consistent catches in the last couple of weeks. And so it's, it's the league just doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? One week you're going to have a bad game. One week you're going to have a great game. Everybody's not going to be a great team week in and week in out. Every player is not going to have a great game week in and week out. Sometimes you struggle. And I understand that people are frustrated about 
Rashad Bateman. Um, but you don't think that Rashad Bateman isn't frustrated about Rashad Bateman? Right. <laughs> you know, I'm sure that he has an expectation of himself as well. And he's trying to get there. And I think that I'm with you that I think that Rashad should be getting more targets because as of right now, between the two, he's become the more consistent player at this moment. Now you can take that with a grain of salt. You can split the hairs. I don't know what you want to do with that information, but that's just what it is at this moment. And I think that Rashad deserves the opportunity to have more touches at this point. So it will be interested to see um, how they move forward with this Odell situation. But um, luckily, you know, they still got Mark Andrews. And look, Zay is a rookie. He'll find his way in other games. He'll be an important part in other games, um, but a light day for him. Um, on the flip side, the defense, man, at first, it it, it didn't look great at first. Um, you know, the young man, from, is his name Demarcado? Amari uh, Demarcado, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 20 rushes, 78 yards. I mean, at first it was just kind of like he was getting four and five yards. And eventually in the second half, they found a way to um, get that together. But ultimately, I mean, it, it, at first they had no real answers uh, for that young man. So that part was interesting to see. They wrapped that up. Um, Josh Dobbs isn't really a good football player. So there's that two interceptions. Um, but he also found a way to make plays when it counted as well. Yeah, I mean, I like you said, the, the the first drive of the game, the Cardinals were able to kind of get their stuff going, you know, kind of do what they wanted. They're moving the ball, they're running the ball, uh, they're staying on schedule. They got a couple of pat, they got a couple of defensive penalties that really saved them on the first drive um of of the game that extended extended their opportunities and allowed them to get into the end zone. But outside of that, you know, they go score, the Ravens hold them scoreless. Um, for the rest of the half after that touchdown, they don't score in the third quarter. That fourth quarter is kind of what did the Ravens in. And by that point, they're in a prevent defense, not totally prevent defense, you know, but they're they're just making sure nothing gets behind them. And so right, exactly. a little more. You got the Trey McBride touchdown where, you know, that was kind of questionable of whether or not hit uh, for progress had been stopped yes. or not, but they allowed it to to kind of keep going. Um, Marquise Brown had the night. That was a nice touchdown he had at the end of the game, and I'm sure he felt good about that um, because he hadn't really done much leading up uh, to that touchdown. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the defense. I thought the defense had their moments to where even they were kind of just looking like they were just coasting through. But I think the Cardinals' lack of talent really is what yep. it all boiled down to, and. Uh, like you said, Josh Dobbs, not a good day for him. He's act, he's normally been really good about at least taking care of the ball. Um, but the two interceptions uh, in this game, definitely not ideal. Um, also fumbled, but they were able to recover that one. Um, I, running The run game was there early. Like you said, that went away after a while. Outside of that, they they're they're finding ways to 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 move the ball a little bit, but never enough to really pose a threat. I said earlier in, in the week last week, I thought that this would be a game where the defense kind of just goes out and dominates. Um, and they didn't dominate them in this game, but I, you know, you had a dominant performance from Michael Pierce, really good day for him. Uh, Justin Matabike gets the other side. Yep. Uh, Tino Stone gets the pick. Um, you know, uh, Brandon Stevens gets a pick. Probably should have two. Gino takes one from him. 
Um, but I, you know, other than that, the defense they 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 did enough to get the win today against a bad offense. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the numbers, um, the Cardinals have more total yards, um, more passing yards um, than the Ravens. So 310 to 268 and 181 to 138. But a, a lot of that probably had to do with the fact that they were down and, you know, needed to throw the ball, you know, in the fourth quarter to kind of stay alive in that process. So, again, it never really felt like that they were a threat, but you – Again, this is the NFL. It doesn't matter if your team has talent or not. Sometimes it just matters if it's your day or not. And, you know, the Cowboys learned that a couple of weeks ago with the Cardinals, and it could be anybody's day. The Broncos learned that, le- excuse right. me, the Chiefs learned that lesson with yeah. the Broncos as they won today. So it really could just be, your, your, you know, your day. Um, but the Ravens, I thought, handled it uh, well and and that and that purpose. Um you mentioned, you know, look, Gino, another t- uh, another interception. This dude, to see his growth in this defense and how well he's played in the absence of Marcus Williams has been really fun to watch. And um, I, you can just see how confident he is when he's out there and he just continues to make plays. And he's doing it with guys like Kyle Hamilton, who's only in his second year, but, you know, he's out there making plays. So I think, my, you know, although Kyle was a first-round draft pick, I mean, he's still young in terms of, time served on this team right but when you look at these other guys too like Gino like Brandon Stevens guys that I think a a lot of us kind of written off you know or not necessarily written off just didn't were indifferent about those guys Mm -hmm. um to see them step up and even Kyle Hamilton right because last year he had a slow start and people were saying things about him then he ended the season really well and you know he's played well since then but Gino and uh, Brandon Stevens in particular it's fun to see how they have played extremely well and hopefully not for them or the team they've played themselves out of a contract but you think you can't help but think other teams are seeing what they're doing and and don't want those guys on their team moving forward yeah, I mean, for sure. Geno Stone is definitely playing with a lot of confidence. Um, you watch the, some of the plays that he's making this year. Uh, he wasn't making these types of plays last year. Last year when he filled in for Marcus Williams, I think it was more about staying in position, not hurting the defense, being you yeah. know, kind of just not wanting to be the reason that plays are being made against them. And this year you, you, you're watching a guy that's trusting his eyes, trusting his instincts, um, and, and that's, and, and that's the only thing that I could think of that would allow him to make like that interception that he makes today. I think last year, he's kind of just there waiting for the tackle this year. He's jumping up there, st- still in the ball, not only from the receiver, but also his own teammate. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, I, I think he's hunting the big play this year. Um, Brandon Stevens, I've said a couple of times that he is the Ravens second best cover guy. You have. Yes, you have. I'm going to step it up. Uh oh, he's the Ravens' best cover guy on the team. Uh oh, he's, he's, he's their best cover guy right now today. Ooh, he, he's their best cover corner on the team, and I'm not even just saying that based off the interception that he got because Josh Dobbs threw that to him right at his chest. It's the total package of the season to this point. We really haven't seen Brandon Stevens have a terrible day. He's had his moments where he may not attack the football or stuff like that, 
but this dude is always in position. He's never given up big plays. He is he is the guy right now, I would say. He's got the size that you like out of, out of a corner. He's got the speed. You know, it, it looks like his ball skills are getting better. So I'm I'm going to step it up and say that Brandon Stevens is the best cover corner on the Ravens right now. I'm not going to sit here and disagree with you. I mean, listen, as of right now, the proof seems like it might be in the pudding. Might be a, a statement that people are going to be like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. But I mean, he has played really well to the point that you have to acknowledge what he's done thus far. So love seeing those guys step up and play really good football, particularly when they we thought that they had need at the quarterback position as well as the injuries that they dealt with at the safety position. It's been really fun. So let's get to the pats on the hat part. A um, couple of guys that we love. I'll start, because I usually let Cordell start, but this time it will be ladies first. So uh, I'm going to go with my guy, Gus, because I am a Gus fan. Everybody knows that that's my dude. Uh, I, again, I already mentioned 80 yards and three touchdowns for the day. Um, you know, I know there's been a lot of talk about um, trading for Derrick Henry, and I, I, I am very indifferent about that, Cordell, because um, I think Gus does a phenomenal job, and I'm not sure if Gus has reached – um, I don't know if he's reached a plateau where I am concerned about a guy like Derrick Henry potentially plateauing because he is an eight-year veteran. So um, I just want to give him his flowers because, you know, with the trade deadline going on and hearing all of these rumors, I don't know how that makes him feel, but I definitely think that Gus is and should continue to be a big part of what this run offense is because he makes it go. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a good one. Um, I'll stay on the offensive side of the ball, uh, and and I, I'm going to give one to Mark Andrews, even though it wasn't an overly great day for Mark Andrews. He gets the touchdown in his hometown, um, first tight end this year to get a touchdown against the Arizona Cardinals. He's now one shy of tying Todd Heap for the franchise. Uh, so you know, <laughs> I, I, I definitely want to give Mark his flowers, um, because he. Again, finding the end zone again for these guys. And I mean, he's just as as consistent as the male. When you when you talk about an offense that's looking for consistency right now, Mark Andrews is at least one of the guys on that side of the ball that they could count on every week. Absolutely. And the Ravens are extremely lucky to have him. Um, I'll flip on the defensive side, of course. We'll, we'll give it to Geno Stone, you know, continues to rack them interceptions. So um, another week, another pick for him. Uh, and again, you know, just to watch him flourish and to evolve into being a solid uh, football player has been really fun to watch. And I, I just appreciate what he's been able to do in the absence of a guy like Marcus Williams, who came in, you know, with a huge contract a couple of years ago. So I'll, I'll give Gino mine. Yours? Yeah, I'll, I'll go defense as well. Michael Pierce. Michael Pierce was was dominant. Uh, it just and, that, and it really felt like it. All, a lot of that happened on one drive, but it, it just kind of set the tone. And I thought at the time the Ravens were kind of still letting letting the Cardinals just you know it, it just seemed, it seemed like the game was still in the balance at that time. And yeah, and Michael Pierce just really that drive itself was probably uh, some of the most energy the Ravens played with from the entire game. So uh, definitely want to give Michael Pierce a shout out because this is a guy that, you know, he's got the injury bug tag 
on them. You know, that's all people think about. And we didn't even know how long the Ravens would have them this year. So far, so good. Um, and, you know, it's good. It's always last week he gets fined for, for the hit, which I thought was kind of bogus anyway. Um, so it was good to see him respond this week and not only stuff the run, but also get back there as a pass rusher as well. I agree with you. Um, I'll give one to Kyle Hamilton. He tied today's tackles, solo tackles, with nine. Your safety. Now, I mean, I know that ain't a good look, and I understand that, you know, hey, you don't want to ever see your secondary getting uh, being tied for tackles. But ultimately, that's just kind of how the day went. And um, I thought for the most part, um, Kyle played well today. So I will go with Hamilton. Anyone else you got? Uh, you know what? I'm going to give one to Jordan Stout. Jordan so Stout right. did a really good deed. Five punts, four of his punts ended up inside the 20. He had a long of 59 yards, and that was a bomb, too. Uh, really flipped the field on that punt. Jordan Stout was a guy that wasn't really consistent last year. And anytime yep. you take a punter in the fourth round, you expect them to be something really good. And so um, I remember him this offseason talking to us about how he was struggling with his confidence at times last year. But I don't think you really you don't really see that from him um, this year. Jordan Stout more times than not has delivered for the Ravens. He's had his still had a couple of iffy punts this year, and one of them came at a critical time in the game early in the year. But today, like I said, four of his five punts end up inside the 20, um, also had the long of 59 yards. So, yeah, the punter gets one from me. All right. Um, Volcano, I love you, Nelson Aguilar, but you got going to Volcano for a couple of days. You on punishment for that muffed punt, um, <laughs> I mean, for that muff uh, onside kick. Yeah. Oh. Uh, you got to do better, sir. Um, wasn't a good look on your end. So, I mean, I know that you learned the lesson. And in the very next uh, onside attempt, you you was like, nah, I'm just going to jump up in the air and get it because I ain't doing this again. Thank, shout out to you for that. Um, but ultimately, um, I'm not going to leave you in the volcano because you've done some great things. But you got to go on, on timeout for a couple of days. <laughs> just a couple of days. Definitely made the game way more uh, you know, cl way, way closer than it needed to be. And absolutely, it, it kind of ruined a lot of people who put money on this game and took the Ravens to cover on the spread. I mean, that that kind of killed it all. Killed it. It, it, it's not kind of, it did. It did yeah. kill it. It went from well, that, 10 that points combined to with Prater missing the field goal, but yep. them getting called for false start. Right. So they get a re kick and he makes, I mean, you, you, you can't make some of this stuff up. Exactly. Just crazy. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, but that was at the end of the game, the whole, the situation with Aguilar, where, you know, if they just get an onside, they potentially, right, you know, so just run a couple of plays and, and they right. had called two weird timeouts in that game mm -hmm. anyway, that I was just kind of like, what are y'all doing? Like with six minutes left, but you know, Hey, I'm sure the Ravens didn't care, didn't complain about it. So it wasn't like they had timeouts anyway, but just just weird. So um, we ain't going to leave you there, Aguilar, but you definitely got to stay there just for a little bit. <laughs> um, we want to thank you all for listening. Our next episode, we'll break down the Ravens win against the Cardinals a little bit more. And we'll talk more about um, the wide receiving core, including Odell Beckham Jr. as well. So thank you all for listening. Hope you love the win. Um, and hopefully, you know, the Ravens continue to roll as they play Seattle next week. So thank you all from Cordell to me. This is Winning Drive.
2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.